Insightful Podcasts by Informative Hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode 55. Bobbing for CEOs. <laughs> I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my beautiful and vibrant co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi. That would be your cue. Oh, hi. <laughs> <clears throat> As if this is the first time we've done this. Isn't it? So <laughs> we have a very busy show today that almost didn't go off because I woke up with a migraine. So yeah, so we'll see if we can glad muddle. to uh, see that you're feeling better. See if we can muddle through this. So yeah. in our Disney Detective segment, we will be talking about none other than my best friend, Bob Iger, and his new replacement, uh, which I can gleefully say, I, it doesn't matter who it is, as long as he's got a replacement. <laughs> Stop. Uh, Bob Chopek is his name? Sure. We'll sure. go with that. Until we learn how to pronounce it. I was going to say, give give it a couple of months and we'll we'll figure out how to <clears throat> really pronounce it. Then uh, someone sank the Jungle Cruise boat. Uh, hope it wasn't <laughs> for a publicity stop, but we'll see. Oh, you never know. In Star Wars Insights, we will talk more news about the High Republic and how it can correct some of the sequel trilogy mistakes. And there are many. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about some amazing tricks the Mandalorian is using. Uh, that could change TV and movies forever. And in our entertainment news, <clears throat> we have news that uh, Steven Spielberg is not directing the new Indiana Jones film, and that sort of has fans kind of up in arms. Uh, and speaking of fans up in arms, there's more outrage over Mulan, and it keeps intensifying. Uh, then we'll talk about our insightful picks of the week, and some upcoming events that we have that some of which, or most of which, I hope, will be attending. Mm-hmm. So, busy show. Are we ready to get started? Sure. All right. Let's do it. Oh, for Disney Detective. So, this was kind of a little bit of a surprise, but not really. We we knew that your your buddy... Bob Iger was going to be stepping down at some point. We knew his contract was was going to be up in what 2022, I believe, uh, 2021. Yeah. Um, so we knew it was going to happen, but last week the bombshell dropped that boom, he was like effective immediately. He was no longer the CEO. And I shed a tear over I know. That you were like heartbroken by the whole thing. Um, but have no fear. You know, he's not going anywhere. He's, you know, he's just kind of been moved around and, you know, still basically part of the company until the end of his contract in, um, like we said, 2021. Uh, so we have a, a new Bob <laughs> to, 
to to befriend uh, Bob Chepik. Um, he's from Indiana. Um, he's been with the company uh, since eighty. Uh, sorry, since nineteen ninety three. He actually uh, was at uh, Heinz and uh, Walter Thompson and joined Disney in nineteen ninety three. And he actually started off as an executive for uh, Buena Vista. Uh, home entertainment at the time when they had the the home video. So uh, he went arm. from making ketchup to Disney. Sure, why not? That's that's ironic. Yeah, if- I guess. So a little bit about him. He's been married for forty years. Uh, he's sixty years old, um, and. Uh, he uh, has an honorary doctorate and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he has three kids. Um, at the time, you know, Iger right now is 69. So you figure he's probably, you know, this new Bob is, is going to be around, you know, for, for a little while. Um, in his 27 years at Disney, he's worn many different, you know, internal hats. A large chunk of his experience comes from the home, enter- the home entertainment sector, uh, first as president of uh, Buena Vista, then as president of distribution at Walt Disney Studios overall. Uh, this obviously kind of helps with the whole Disney Plus, so he's, you know has that kind of as, you know, his majority of of what he's done, I guess. Uh, He also ascended to uh, chairman at Disney Consumer Products and Interactive Media. Um, And all this time, he was kind of under the radar. Nobody really, you know, uh, I was going to say nobody really knew who he was, but obviously people within Disney knew who he was. But more than likely... You know, um, yeah, his name did not come out a lot in the press, that's for sure. Right. It was definitely something you, you didn't see him a lot of. But one of the things that was kind of interesting in this article, if you go back and watch the promo videos of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, he's he's there. He yeah. was one of the, the big guys that was there. So I wonder how much of it they knew, you know, because obviously it's something they don't just decide overnight. So they obviously knew he was probably going to be right. taking place. So, oh, let's kind of get you, you know, in the spotlight, you know, a little bit. So obviously Bob Iger isn't, you know, departing just yet. Um, he's going to be uh, uh, kind of switching gears. Uh, what was it? The creative concepts division something or something like that, yeah. along the line. So... You know, we'll still be hearing from him for a little while, but it'll be interesting to see where, you know, this new Bob takes things because obviously Disney's kind of at a high point right now. They've had some not so favorable things, but nothing too horrible, I guess, that needs to, you know, be, you know, fixed. But obviously a lot happened under Iger, too. You know, you had Lucas and you had Marvel yeah. and you had, you know, Galaxy's Edge expansion and, um, you know, the park, general park expansion. Um, you know, so you had the, the Fox acquisition as well. So, you know, there was a lot of big things that, that happened. Is it something where now, you know, new Bob is because <laughs> we have old Bob, new, new Bob, Bob, old Bob. <laughs> 
we did that at work. There was somebody that left a position and and transferred, so we don't call him by his name. We call him by oh your your new version of whatever. So in this case, it's Bob and Bob. Um, but I wonder if it's more new Bob is basically going to maintain things or help bring it in. Because don't forget, you have a lot of expansions that are still in the process of going on uh, in terms of Epcot and the parks. And, you know, so is it, is he going to just be there overseeing everything? Well, that's the thing. My question here is more, is this a long-term arrangement or is this a transitionary arrangement where there's so many irons in the fire right Mm -hmm. now that he's going to come in, manage those. And when all that's done, right. Then what happens? He's going to be gone and then they're going to bring in a long term CEO. Right. Because that's the other thing too, is that, you know, Bob Igar is only nine years older, but he's been doing this for 15 years. So, you know, looking at the math of things, okay, by the time all these expansions and everything are finished, is new Bob going to basically, you know, I'm also like curious said, what, know. what the deal was with the timing. Like they knew that Iger was going to be out. Yeah. Why do, it, why do it now? Yeah. Did something else happen or are we going to hear more later on that right. something else, you know, happened? Why do it? So, you know, abruptly, yeah. I guess. Well, so. and you know, let's just remember the most important thing here is Bob Iger's out. That's, that's really the important thing. I knew you were going to say that. So tell us about sinking the Jungle Cruise book. Uh, Jungle Cruise book? Uh, Sorry, the Jungle Cruise boat. Boat. I was like, what book? So on Thursday, this was kind of funny, but kind of scary, I guess, was uh, a Jungle Cruise boat sank into the murky waters at Disney's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, putting passengers at grave risk of encountering attacks from wild ducks. (laughs) So the news actually first broke by Blog Mickey, which obtained a photo of patrons clinging to a boat as it went by. um, Went down. Sorry, while it went down. Um, And then one guest on the boat actually posted on Twitter, and then that picture kind of went viral um, of people, you know, reposting it and whatnot. Um, Disney confirmed with BuzzFeed News that the Jungle Cruise boat took on some water and that the park immediately called the Reedy Creek Fire Department to respond to the incident. Everyone obviously got out of the boat okay, and the attraction was actually reopened uh, about an hour and a half after the fact. Um, So (laughs) what was really funny was just all the reactions to it. So, you know, there were people... Um, you know, that, that posted, you know, it'd be really scary to be, you know, to sink because the water is full of crocodiles and hippos. Now, obviously, if you've never been on the boat, you don't understand the, the, the joke behind it, but it's a boat ride through, you know, the Amazon or, or uh, different uh, fictional or not fictional, uh, a, a river boat, and all the animals are fake. None of them are real. It's all audio animatronics. Um, you know, one of the... Yeah, the only real animals are the ducks that fly right, in. Right, exactly. Ducks that um, fly in. You know, so, you know, uh, somebody else, you know, one of the, the areas when you're on the ride is... 
uh, you go under or you go behind a waterfall and they always say, you know, the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. And one of the jokes was, look, the inside of water, because they had, you know, the water in the boat. Um, and then there was like you had kind of mentioned, uh, somebody had had tweeted, I know Disney needs publicity for the new Jungle Cruise movie, but sinking a ship uh, with guests in it seems kind of extreme. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I kind of feel bad, you know, for guests who this was like their first time ever, you know, to Disney World on the, you know, on the Jungle Cruise. And that's their first experience of a sinking ship. Well, yeah. I mean, not only do you have to sit through the really bad jokes on the Jungle Cruise itself, now you're in a sink too. Right, right. But the other thing too, because I was talking about this with one of my friends at work, was I was pretty sure that the boat wasn't... Um, free float. Well, it, it's a it, floating, floating boat boats, on rails. Right, it's a floating boat on rails. So it just didn't seem like it was possible that it could. Well, and the water, sink, the water's know? not. Yeah, I was going to say we know the water's so not you're, very. You're looking at deep. maybe a couple feet of water. Right, just right. For the so drag. they they were going to be you know okay, but right. it was just kind of funny. <laughs> And and again, you know, everybody at work comes up to me. Hey, did you hear about the Jungle Cruise? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Thanks. I wasn't. I wasn't there, but thanks. Yeah. Be careful well, when you go on it. So. <laughs> it makes it makes a traditional uh, cruise a di- traditional ride in Disney a little bit more exciting. Absolutely, it adds you know some some realism to it. So maybe now when you go on the Haunted Mansion, when you get off, you're going to need an exorcism. There you go. You never know. There, because the ghost <laughs> might actually because they you might home. actually follow you home. Nice. Well, that was all we had for our Disney detective. We'll be back with our Star Wars insights. Tell us about the High Republic. Well, I don't know. Maybe you should tell us more about it. Since you, you know, you you probably know more about it than I do. That's okay. It'll be an educational experience. (laughs) Oh, is that it? So Lucasfilm Publishing has announced their new Star Wars initiative, Project Luminous, uh, which is centered around the High Republic error, and it can hopefully correct the mistakes of the tr- uh, the sequel trilogy. When Disney purchased Lucasfilms back in 2012, they wasted little time in announcing both a new sequel trilogy and an anthology series of films. Eight years later, the strategy seems to have kind of failed, obviously, because we've talked about this, you Thank know, you, for... Bob. For, for months now. Yay, Bob! <laughs> so basically, all of the sequels that they've made have turned out to be disappointments, uh, ending not with a bang, but with a whimper. Um, you know, and obviously, your favorite one of all was, you know, Solo, a Star Wars story. How to be a pilot. I was waiting for that. <laughs> you need that as a soundbite so you can, you know. So now Disney has, you know, been going through the, the history of Star Wars. And now they're they're trying to fix everything, um, you know, that... That they broke. That they broke, basically. So the adventure is set 200 years before the events of Star Wars Episode One: A Phantom Menace. Um, and... Uh, it's centered around a space station called Starlight Beacon and bringing in the... Sounds like a really cheesy cafe. 
does actually when you think about it with like 1950s (laughs) text or something and you know some music playing in the background um so and it's bringing the old jedi order into conflict with a new group of enemies called the nihil sure 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 we'll go with that um so lucas publishing has been a long uh has been critical to the success success of Star Wars with the expanded universe kicking off in 1991, your favorite series, the Thrawn trilogy. Um, You know, and as we we've talked about this before, when Disney came in, they basically said none of this existed. None of this was part of, you know, that that made all the fans happy when they did. Right. So now it kind of seems like they're backtracking and, realizing well, and they've been doing that for quite some time right, now because right. because even with their existing property that they're doing you saw them bring characters like Thrawn from mm-hmm. from the expanded universe right. in because it was such a good character and they realized mm-hmm. you know after they made their mistake of of you know claiming that it doesn't exist right. that it needs to exist in order to please the fans yeah, so, you know, so the the High Republic era represents uh, presents Star Wars with an opportunity to step away from the original trilogy um, because, again, it's 200 years before the pequel, sequels, ugh, prequels. Uh, while the Sith are still active in the shadows, uh, there continues to, uh, their existence continues to be a secret, uh, one that obviously won't be discovered for centuries. Um, the other interesting thing is that when you think of all the various characters who are in the modern trilogies, you have one that's 900 years old. Right. So more than likely Yoda is going to make some sort of a, an appearance in this. And as you know, we were talking um, the other day, the lifespan in the star Wars galaxy is much longer. Right. Um, so you might even see some other characters who, um, you know, are older in Phantom Menace who are kids possibly in this newer, right. you know, they're really not saying you know, m- much of anything. You know, there's a couple of mock-ups um, of different characters and things like that, but it seems a lot of people are kind of excited, you know, about this kind of bringing back the feel of of what people that were into the, you know, ex- uh, expanded universe, universe. Um, you know, kind of want back, so... I can't help but think they could have come up with a better name. You call it Star Wars The High Republic. I just picture a bunch of Jedi sitting around the temple getting stoned. <laughs> now, if they call it like 420, then, <laughs> then it's a whole other whole other Star yeah, Wars. So, the High Republic. Okay. Sure. That, this is this is the period of the Republic where they've actually uh, allowed marijuana use. I was going to say, is Mace Windu around? Because yeah. you could totally see him like, hanging hanging out. So, so anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, so, Mandalorian. What tricks of the Mandalorian? So, this was actually really cool. There, there's a the article was actually from Tom'sGuide.com. Um, and there was a, a really interesting video showing how they they film a lot of the scenes. Um, you know, nowadays there's so much CGI and blue screen and green screen and all that. Well, this kind of takes it to the next level. 
And what it is, um, is it's, they're kind of in like a 360 surround uh, screen, I guess. But the screen is live. They can, the actors see what's, you know, behind them and everything. So, um, you know, within a day's shooting, they can be in a snow um, you know, a snow background and then be in a desert background with, you know, all in the same day without having to travel. They can, um, you know, be in, in a shipyard or on a, a battleship. And, you know, basically it takes them about, I think they were saying in the video, it takes them about 24 hours to render the background in the computer. And basically you're in this big computer game, really. It's not virtual reality because, again, the actors see it. So they only have to, you know, wherever the, the actors are standing, they, you know, they put various set pieces there, but the whole background can be something. And if, you know, they don't like the way a mountain looks, they can move the mountain and still, you know, film the shot and stuff. So it was just really kind of cool because, again, when you see you know, the various movies where they do, you know, the green screen or the blue screen, you know, the actors don't have any clue of where, you know, what they're looking at or what's in their background, where with this, the actors can actually point at something and they see it. Um, and it was neat because they did kind of like a side by side of what it looked like when they were shooting it and what they looked like when, you know, post-production and not really a whole lot had to be you know, fixed on it because right. a lot of it's already there. So it, it, it's kind of cool because it's almost like bringing the gaming world, you know, into Well, and that's the thing. They're production. using Unreal Engine to actually right. do the rendering, which right. is neat. And it's funny. This is similar to a technology that they had developed. Um, LucasArts had developed it back when they were developing um, the Star Wars 1313, mm -hmm. which was the bounty hunter style game in the under levels of Coruscant. And what was revolutionary about that, like this, was they were able to render real time. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, with that technology, they could render a suit of armor on you. Mm -hmm. So, at the click of a button, you could go from being Boba Fett to a stormtrooper okay. to a droid to whatever. Mm -hmm. And real time, the computer engine would render this over top of you, sensing your movement. Okay. So, you could raise your arm, walk, do whatever, and it would actually put the armor on you realistically looking okay. as a motion capture. And it sounds like, you know, just short of a Star Trek holodeck that this well, and, is really what they were going for. And that was the thing. In, in the article, they talk about, they kind of hint like, this is like finally the, the hologram from Star Trek that right. we've been waiting for, yeah. you know. So it, it'll be interesting to see if they use it for anything else. Like if, you know, like, virtual reality gaming instead of having to wear goggles you go into like a little pod room like a hologram yeah. you know a holodeck well and, and that everything, was you know. when we did pirates of the caribbean right down at disney quest right before and it was a room that all the walls were right it were screens yeah yeah so the same type of technology yeah uh but the one thing that i like about the Mandalorian is it's not all technology. They still do mm -mm. practical effects. No, they they do. And and what they're doing on the Mandalorian is is exactly what Lucas was going for mm -hmm. on the prequel trilogies that he failed on, right. mind you. Right. And that was the the blending of technology and practical effects to mm -hmm. get a realistic look. Right. Um when you look at 
Revenge of the Sith, which was filmed entirely on a soundstage. Right, right. Um, it has a it, completely it, different feel Right, it has a completely it. different yeah. feel. It's too antiseptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they, they capture the mm-hmm. true essence of filmmaking with Mandalorian. Yeah. So... Very cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that was it for our Star Wars Insights. We will come back and do our entertainment news. Tell us about Indiana Jones. So Indiana Jones fans are all up in arms because they found out that Steven Spielberg is actually quitting as the director. So... You know, the filmmaker is still going to be part of the project. He's going to be a hands-on producer uh, and ex- is expected to give the directing reins over to James Mangold, who directed Ford vs. Ferrari. Um, this will be the... Um, I'm sorry, that this will make the untitled fifth Indiana Jones film the first in the franchise's 39-year history not to be directed by Spielberg. Um, his decision was inspired by a desire to pass the character's legacy along to a new generation to bring their perspective to the story. Uh, following the announcement, which was reported by Variety, fans have been expressing their shock on so- so- social media, where a large uh, contingent are questioning why production is continuing without Spielberg in the director's chair. Um, Uh, So, in my mind, literally, there's only one reason you do Indiana Jones 5, and that would be to course-correct Crystal Skull. (laughs) This was Spielberg's chance to leave the franchise on a high note, basically a do-over. So, with him out, the question I don't know is, why do you do it, period, was what one person had had said. Another uh, person had said, okay, now I'm really angry. So now we have an Indiana Jones movie without Spielberg or Lucas. What are you doing, Disney? (laughs) Poor Disney. Never, Never gets a good rap, it seems. And then another added, making an Indiana Jones movie without Spielberg is kind of like making a pizza with no cheese. Sure, you could do it, but why bother? And, you know, with, with a statement like that, all the tomato pie people are up in arms now. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, no, tomato pie is still good. Um, you know, and then another added that the lack of Steven Spielberg in the director's chair, along with George Lucas not producing, means Indiana Jones has joined Star Wars as one of the defining cinematic franchises that are now just another piece of Disney. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how different it is, you know. And well, and, you know, I will say, after suffering through Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah. which was apps, I'm like, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Temple of Doom. Right. But Temple of Doom was a, was, was <laughs> so much a masterpiece over Crystal Skull. Well, and that's the thing is, Crystal Skull... Up until you found out they were crystal skulls of aliens, like spoiler alert. Um, like I See, uh, it, still don't think it was that good. Like I, I you know what it is. I kind of go in with it. Okay, so yeah, the original was really good, and you know, I guess I always kind of watch them as like. 
not cheesy remakes of 50s adventure movies, I guess. Like, they they were different than that, but, like, that's how I kind of felt Crystal Skulls had become, right? I guess. But I kind of go in it, you know, and, okay, just entertain me and, you know, whatever. And, okay, look, the Nazis are here again. Okay, we're still fighting them. But then when you had... Well, no, it was the Russians in Crystal Skull. Oh, it was the Russians. That's right. I'm sorry. Cause the, right, because it was like the 50s by then. We weren't he doing... He got into a lead line yes, refrigerator I know. and the refrigerator. I understand. I know. I got it. But Crystal Skulls of Aliens, that's where, like, that's kind of where I was at that disbelief. Like, the refrigerator, yeah, okay, but... So, so you would have bought the refrigerator. I totally. Well, we we when we saw it, we were kind of like, I don't think he would have lived. I think he would have died in that. Like, yeah. but it was a little bit more. I don't know. Than Crystal Skulls of Aliens. I, I don't know. That's just. And, uh, dude, stop beating up on Baby Yoda. Sorry, sorry, Baby Yoda. Speaking of Crystal Skulls of Aliens. <laughs> He got all upset. He was like, don't take my skull. <laughs> so anyway, my point is, is that after suffering through Crystal right, Skull, right. I don't really have a requirement to have Spielberg head up another Indiana well, and Jones. And that was the whole thing. I didn't. But to the point of the people that are commenting on this, I don't think there's a need to head up another Indiana Jones because right. Crystal Skull should have been the tossing, the, the passing of the baton. Right. And that and was. it wasn't. Right. And that was what you were kind of expecting so at the end with his. I'm not too keen and, on giving right. you another opportunity to drop the baton. You dropped it once. You had a chance right. to pass it. You didn't. Let's just move on at this point. Right. Harrison Ford's, what, 79 now? Like, come <laughs> on. How many more adventure movies are you going to get out know. of them? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. Keep the outrage going. Let's keep the outrage going and let's talk about Mulan. <laughs> so Disney's live action Mulan remake continues to suffer um, under the plight of marketing itself during major political upheaval in Hong Kong. Most recently, a new TV spot for Mulan posted on its official YouTube channel is being raid, uh, raiding bombed by down, uh, down votes overwhelming upvotes by nearly four to one ratio at the time that this article came out uh the trailer had had uh 2400 likes and 9100 dislikes um and it's basically the latest uh you know in a chapter of you know mulan having this uphill battle with critical and financial success um and really it it kind of comes down to a lot of um, the the issues in in China and Hong Kong. There's a lot of political stuff going on, and it's really all political based. It, it has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. Um, obviously, Disney made uh, the animated version in 1998. It didn't really have a very um, Chinese cast in a lot of the characters. Um, they, there were a couple of issues that people, you know, that Chinese heritage had with it and whatnot. So when you see the commercials for the live action, it looks like they are trying to, to fix all of those mistakes that they made. But again, because of all the political unrest that's going on, that's where the, the problems seem to be. Um, you know, so it, it's one of those... Is that going to affect the U.S. market or really just 
the overseas market, you know, at this time. So there's no release date for the movie in China at this point. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, they they don't even want it released, but obviously it's, it's going to be, you know, released here. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how it does. Um, you know, they spent $200 million to make this movie. Um you know, Disney's been doing fairly well with their their remakes, um, but it's not a musical. Whereas you had, um, you I mean, had how does Disney make a film that's not a musical? <laughs> as far as I, I know, it's they, not a musical. I was waiting for them to make Star Wars a musical. <laughs> um, you know, so you had Lion King that came out, and you had Aladdin. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how this does because some of the characters that were in the animated version aren't in this version, so it's a little bit different of you know storytelling. So I guess I'll we'll... be honest with you, I've I've had a very difficult time uh, getting into the controversy about this. It, mm-hmm. it, it's about as interesting as the taxation of trade routes in a Star Wars plot. Okay. <laughs> It just—it's hard to get right. interested in something yeah, like just, this when it's just, just watch the movie, political just, stuff, right? Yeah, just yeah. Enjoy the movie for what mm-hmm. it is. Absolutely. Um, be thankful that Eddie Murphy's not going to be in playing the part <laughs> of an shoot. Asian somewhere here, <laughs> right? Well, and that's the thing is that the cast, you know, is you know they they and it was kind of the same thing with with Aladdin too. They cast, you know, when the the animated feature came out, they you know, cast anybody in the various parts, right. but they were more, um, right. You know, it's, it's nice to see that with... Disney is not as interested in making profit from cultural appropriation at this point right, in time right. that you may actually see, you know, Asian character, Asian actors and actresses playing Asian characters. Right. right. Uh, so I think if anything, focus on that, you mm-hmm. know, we've spent the good half of the show bashing Disney already. I'm not going to bash him over this. Not not when you've got right Hong Kong and and China fighting it fighting over it for out. political stuff. Right. It's just exactly. it's idiotic. Yeah. So it's entertainment people. If you don't want to go see it, don't go don't see go it. Don't go see it. Exactly. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. So that was all we had for entertainment news. Yep. We will come it. back with our insightful picks of the week. for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick is a Netflix series called Grace and Frankie. Frankie. Yeah. I can't talk today. Um, you should do a podcast. I should do a podcast. Really? <laughs> so, uh, so for as long as they can recall, Grace and Frankie have been rivals. Their one-upmanship comes crashing to a halt, however, when they learn that their husbands have actually fallen in love with each other and they want to get married. As everything around the ladies comes apart, the only thing that they can rely on is e- in is each other. This Netflix original reteams Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin as Grace and Frankie, bringing their chemistry to the small screen. It is a casting reunion on a grand scale, as Tomlin is reunited with her co-star from the West Wing, Martin Sheen, who plays Grace's husband, Robert, and Fonda is uh, back with Sam Waterston, who was her co-star from Newsroom, who plays Frankie's husband, Saul. Um, this is a really funny, uh, show. It's actually had, uh, 
six seasons right now, total of 78 episodes. Um, on September uh, of 19, uh, I'm sorry, of 2019, the series was actually renewed for a seventh and final season, which will consist, consist of 16 episodes, making it the longest running Netflix original series with 94 episodes. Um, like I said, it's a really funny show. If you've, you know, ever watched, um, you know, old TV shows or old movies, a lot of older celebrities um, who you haven't seen in a while make guest appearances in various little parts. Uh, you know, so so the premise behind it obviously is, you know, these two couples, um, the husbands and you know, want a, a divorce because the husbands have actually fallen in love with each other and they go and get married. The two, you know, ex-wives are like, now what do we do? So they end up moving in together and they're as different as different can be. Um, you know, they both ha have kids. So, you know, you have the dynamic of, of the kids coming into play, um, you know, and, and them dating you know, as, as older women and then, you know, deciding to, to start a business with each other. And it's just, it's a really cute show. Um, each episode is about a half hour long, you know, so it, it uh, you know, doesn't take too long to, to go through. Um, and, and it's just nice seeing, you know, uh, Jane Fonda and, and, and Lily Tomlin, you know, interact and Lily Tomlin's like this total hippie, you know, chick and, and Jane Fonda's this straight laced, you know, alcoholic basically, you know, and it, and just how, you know, her A straight laced alcoholic. <laughs> That's really, you know, and, and just how the two of them are always there for each other and, you know, the, the dynamic of their, their children, uh, the one has two sons, the one has two daughters and, you know, everything, you know, back and forth, but, you know, between everybody and, and the family dynamic. And it, it's just, you know, a good comedy if you're looking for something. And again, it's been out. I started watching it, I think when it was already on the fourth season, I hadn't even heard about it and right. just kind of found it and binged it. Um, and the new uh, sixth season came out just a couple of months ago. And now at least there's, there's one more season, you know, to go. So cool. Highly recommend it. Nice pick. Thank you. So my pick this week is another one that's been around for a while. Uh, but, Oldie but goodie. But because they came out with a new season and no one expected them to. My pick this week is Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars was an animated television series produced and created by George Lucas, uh, debuting in 2008. The series began with a theatrical feature film, which I saw in the theater, on August 15th, 2008, and debuted on Cartoon Network two months later. Set in the fictional Star Wars galaxy during the three years between Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, it provides backstory and character development that were sorely lacking in the prequel trilogy films. In early 2013, Lucasfilm announced that the Clone Wars would be winding down a 13-episode, six-season, debuted on Netflix as well as all the back episodes on March uh, in March of 2014. While the show did seem to have a logical progression, progressive end, it left a lot of questions about existing characters, 
between the end of the series and the start of episode three, Revenge of the Sith, um, sort of left them in limbo, mm. leaving fans wanting. With the launch of Disney's streaming service, Disney Plus, it was also announced that the Clone Wars would be brought back for a seventh and final season. That season launched on Disney Plus on February 21st of this year. Two episodes into the seventh season, the show has picked up where it left off. The same characteristics, strong writing, complex plot lines, and detailed character development are all in play once again. The 12-episode season would supplement the 13 of the 6th season, rounding out a full 20-plus episode season uh, combined, and hopefully bring the story to a proper conclusion. Um, I watched the first two episodes of season 7. I did went back. I did go back. <clears throat> and right, sort I remember of, you were watching. I binged the 6th season because I hadn't watched all of that previously just to be up to speed on it. Uh, and I have to say, the first two episodes were were interesting. The, mm -hmm. My concern is that they're kind of introducing more characters that they've only got 13 <laughs> episodes to sort of, you know, clear finish up. Finish them off or, or Right, not and they, off, they but... haven't cleared up anything yet. So I'm, okay. I'm hoping that it, it winds down fairly, fairly quickly in the remaining episodes. Uh, so, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Season 7, and all previous episodes are streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Very cool. And we will come back and talk about some upcoming events that we haven't beat into the ground yet. <laughs> so, what's up first? So, the first thing that comes up in a couple of weeks is Monster Mania 45. Uh, that is in Cherry Hill at the Crown Plaza. Uh, that is March 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, ticket prices, uh, if you do an all-day or all-weekend pass, it's $60 or $25 for each day. Uh, kids 10 and under are free. Various different horror actors from, you know, various different uh, uh, movies will be there. They usually have a bunch of different vendors selling various horror type things or even non-horror uh, toys as well. But usually if you're into horror, this is definitely the one you want to go to, you know, to find that, that unique, you know, one of a kind, you know, item, you know, that you've been looking for. Uh, then later on in the month, at the end of the month, is the Delaware Train Show on March 28th. And then on March 29th is the April Fool's Toy Show. Both are in Newcastle, Delaware at the New Shrine uh, Center. New uh, Shrine. Thank you. Uh, both are $5 for admission on either day. Um, we've never gone to the train show because we don't collect trains, but if you are into... Or shows. We don't collect shows either. <laughs> we don't collect shows. But if you're into, you know, trains, that would probably be a, a good one uh, to go to. Uh, the toy show, as we've mentioned, kind of flea markety. You're not going to find anything that's, you know, brand new. Um, some things you do, though. Uh, but for the most part, it's older, you know, toys. And like we've mentioned before, a lot of people that go there are really just going to show their stuff. They, they don't want to sell it. Um, but you never know. Uh, then, of course, we have the Great Philadelphia Comic Con, which is April 3rd through 5th at the... Uh, Teaser face! <laughs> 
you're so excited. I'm actually kind of excited that he's there too. Uh, um, yeah, and and Jason Isaac. So how creepy is you know is he? <laughs> he really is. Um, so uh, three day ticket for that is about seventy dollars or thirty dollars for Friday, forty five for. Saturday and 35 for Sunday. Uh, as of right now, it looks like they still have a bunch of guests that they have yet to announce. They also haven't listed any of the panels yet. Um, so I'm sure because of, you know, you having the Guardians of the Galaxy guys there, there's probably going to be a panel for that. There's probably going to be a Doctor Who panel because you got a couple of uh, doctors that are going to be there. So uh, that'll, you know, as it comes out, is we'll... there a doctor in the house? <sighs> Probably. You know, I did see that for cosplay, the, uh, the adult comp contest is on Saturday and the kids is on Sunday. So just saying if, you know, okay. just saying, you know, and again, they'll probably have a Harry Potter and they'll have, you know, you know, Battlestar Galactica. Usually whenever they have multiple of you know, a certain show, they usually, that's the panel that they're, they're going to have. Uh, then the beginning of June, we have Pop Mania 1, which is back to um, the Crown Plaza in Cherry Hill. Uh, same ticket prices as Monster Mania, 30 for the whole weekend or $25 for each day. And looks like they're going to have, you know, some Walking Dead people here. Normally, the Walking Dead people are usually at Monster Mania, but maybe it was a, a timing issue. Um, so, you know, that could be what... And this is the first one that they're doing that's the, the Pop Mania. And then, of course, Wizard World, June 19th through 20th. Um, what kind of stinks is last week we mentioned that the early bird tickets uh, were $50, and the sale was going to be ending in uh, 20 days, but 20 days went by really quickly because as of right now, when you go to buy the tickets, it's regular price. They don't have uh, the early bird special like they, they did before. So a three-day admission is $80, Friday is 40 Saturday is 55 and Sunday is 45 as of right now. Um, so that was kind of disappointing, actually. Cause, so we're not going to spend too much time plugging this show because right. we're mad at them now. Yeah, we're we're mad at them because we were all excited to. We were like, all right, we'll we'll buy a three day ticket, and boom, you you said twenty days, and and you lied. Um, then uh, the end of August will be Keystone Comic Con. Um, that is thirty dollars for Friday. 45 for Saturday and 35 for Sunday or a three-day pass for $80. And that was one that we actually uh, really, really enjoyed last year. And um, Wizard World and Keystone are both actually held at the Philadelphia Convention Center. Yep. Um, and then finally, to round out the year, uh, is RetroCon 2020. RetroCon. <laughs> and that's back at the uh, Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. And that is September 26th and 27th. And that is all. That is all. So I think we're done, right? Contact information. Oh, yes. Contact information. <laughs> In case you want to contact In the event us. you want to contact. In the event of a... Water landing, contact us at uh, you can email us at comments at insights into things.com 
on Twitter at Insights underscore things. You can get our videos at YouTube at youtube.com slash insights into things. On the web at insightsintothings.com. Our audio podcasts are available at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. And on Facebook at facebook.com backslash insights into things podcast. And I think that's it. I think that's it. I, I think you need to go take a nap. I think we, yeah, I think I need to go take a nap now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you for watching and listening, and I think we're out. We're out. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.